Mm-hmm. Is that live today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. This meeting is being recorded. Uh, we currently have one remote participant. Uh, for remote participants, please make sure you're using the most current version of the Zoom app or an updated web browser. Certain functionality may be disabled if the app or browser are not updated. You must register using the link at the top of the agenda. Click raise hand when you wish to speak on an item and click unmute once you have been called to speak. You may also submit written comments by emailing me, Walker Toma at WTOMA at alamedia.gov. Comments submitted during the meeting before the conclusion of the public comment section will be read into the record. My email address is also on the meeting agenda. If a remote participant is having difficulty, I suggest you use call using the number 669-900-9128 and meeting ID 892-7213-1494. This information is also on the top of the meeting agenda. People participating via telephone have to press star 9 to raise their hand and star 6 to unmute. For in-person participation, a speaker slip must be submitted to speak on any item. You can place the speaker slips over on the chair by the door, uh, along with few pens, I hope. Uh, if a commissioner would like to speak, please physically raise your hand and the chair will acknowledge your request. Uh, there's no chat function for this webinar. Okay, now I get to call this meeting to order. It is now 6.04 p.m. All right, to roll call for this record, uh, Chair Gillett. Present. Commissioner Hockaker. Present. Vice Chair Rush. Present. Commissioner Buxman. Here. And Commissioner Ferguson. Here. Okay, and you got public recognition meeting? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Speaker switch on the chair if you want to speak during the meeting. Um, and we are also joined by uh, staff members Butler and myself, Walker Tell. All right, that brings us to the minutes. Have all the commissioners had a chance to review the minutes? And are there any corrections to the minutes? No. No, I don't have any either. Can I get a motion then to accept the minutes as presented? I motion to accept the minutes as presented. A second. Thank you. And then uh, can we have uh, all those in favor? Aye. 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 And opposed? The motion carries 5 to 0. So this meeting is being recorded. Uh, we currently have uh, no remote participants. Two, two remote participants. Ooh, excellent. Yeah, I have remote participants. And we have one in-house participant, correct? For remote participants, please make sure that you're using the most current version of the Zoom app or an updated web browser. Certain functionality may be disabled if the app or browser are not up to date. You must register by using the link at the top of the agenda and click raise hand when you wish to speak on an item and click unmute when you've been called on to speak. You may also submit your comments as written comments to Walker Toma at WTOMA at AlamedaCA.gov. Comments submitted during the meeting before the conclusion of the public comment section will be read into the record. Mr. Thomas' email address is also on the meeting's agenda. If a remote participant is having difficulty, I suggest you try calling in using the number 669-900-9128 and use meeting ID 892-7213-1494. This information is also at the top of this meeting agenda. If you're participating by telephone and you wish to raise your hand, please press star 9 to show that you're raising your hand and star 6 to unmute so we can hear you. 
For in-person participation, speaker slip must be submitted to speak on any item. Speaker slips are located right over there on the chair along with some pens. Comments from the audience may concern matters either on or not on the agenda this evening, but must deal with matters subject to the jurisdiction of the Public Art Commission. Comments will be limited to three minutes. Comments concerning matters on this evening's agenda will be heard when that item is called. Mr. Tom, do you have any items to read into the record? I do not. Uh, do we have anyone that wants to already provide public comments unrelated to an item on the agenda? Well, then uh, you can uh, raise your hand and speak. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Gabriel Duncan. Should I? Here, why don't you stand over here? This is the microphone's there. Okay. So, okay. You, you see that? Cool. Diagram. Uh, hey, what's up? I'm Gabriel Duncan. I'm uh, here representing the Alameda Native History Project. Just wanted to introduce myself formally to y'all uh, and hope that we get to work on this project in the future, whether or not it's through a grant or just through open public comment and the process. So now that brings us to the regular agenda. It does. We have uh, two agenda items this evening. Uh, the first of which is a recommendation to adopt Public Art Commission's meeting calendar for 2024. It seeks to avoid possible conflicts and hidden maximum public participation. Um, I think all of you will probably remember doing this same exercise last year. Yes. Uh, it's helpful. Okay, so I'm going to share the screen here. Uh, okay, so. Um, Public Art Commission regularly uh, regularly schedule meetings on the third Monday of every other month, uh, and the current PAC meeting calendar includes the February meeting that falls on President's Day. You can see down below there. So this is in 2024. All things being equal, this would be our set six meetings for 2024. Um, in addition. Uh, Note three here, Public Art Master Plan includes a recommendation to schedule an additional meeting in November to provide an opportunity for the back to develop uh, a biennial work plan. This is the uh, internal working document that would help set priorities over the next two years. Um, as I said, this is the current meeting calendar for 2024 if we don't make any changes. Um, so, as I said, that the PAC meets every other month on the third Monday. The planning board Consideration of the planning board uh, is the second and fourth Mondays of the month, and the city council meets on the first and third Tuesday of the month. Doesn't you know, uh, preclude us from meeting on those days, but just something to keep in mind. Uh, so the staff recommended meeting calendar would move the February meeting away from the Monday, which is the president's holiday. It would move it up one week. Um, this actually would, would be helpful in a couple ways because we want to bring an item sooner. So, Better than later, early in the year. Uh, and so that's one change. And then we also are proposing to include a uh, November meeting, and this is the third Monday, the 18th of the third Monday. So we have seven meetings in 2024. Uh, hopefully, no other conflicts that are you know, city holidays or anything like that. Um, and that's, that's really it. That's all I got. Um, 
So the recommendation is to um, include that calendar, but uh, want to get them feedback or clarification. Uh, did have a clarifying question, which is, um, although it has not been called yet this evening, uh, our second item of the evening uh, involves scheduling stuff around March and thereabouts. And I'm wondering if it, have you considered adding another meeting in that time to fully vet the submissions for that RFP? Yeah, no, thank that's that's a good point. And I will bring it up in the next agenda item. But the current kind of schedule or timeline that I proposed, at least, in the RFP would bring the close of the application period in mid-March, which, which would then kind of line us up pretty well to bring all of the recommendations of the proposal to the to the commission in April. Um, if we want to change that and truncate that, I don't know which I'm perfectly open to do. No. That's fine, but I, I think as of now, the time is actually okay for that April meeting. But that's not the Yeah. One more clarification. Um, the suggested date uh, 12 was heavy, but would overlap with the planning commission. Yes, it's on the second, and we've done this before with the third um, The the worry is pushing it out further. We could we could go to the fourth. I mean, it, with planning, but the planning board gets the second and the fourth. So if we don't want it on a Monday, then we have some flexibility. But keeping the Monday, I'm, I'm totally fine. It was just you were you were mentioning it, and then afterwards you were still using perfectly it. valid point. Yes. Would that does that mean that? <clears throat> We would meet elsewhere and at City Hall West for that meeting. Oh, we can still be here. We could still meet in this room okay, because yeah. planning board is in town's chambers. So it wouldn't be a physical conference. Yes. Just a parking lot, Just a parking lot, Mike. A little crowded. Yeah. That's okay. I have a space for the street. Okay. Um, do we have any other clarifying questions? Then, do we have any public comments? Uh, well, then we will close public comment. That was easy. Okay. Um, now, that brings us to commissioner discussion. Um, I think this is fine. Uh, <laughs> does anybody have any alternate viewpoint? Or? No, I like the Monday. I mean, I, I, I'm no, all in favor of keeping it on a Monday track. It makes it easier to plan. Yeah, that's the, the rationale for having an overlap with another public meeting. It's just easier to ensure people to be here. There's uh, a question. Do we anticipate any time during the year that we may have to schedule an extra meeting in here because of, you know, whatever? Yeah. I mean, and how would we handle that? So, what we've done in the past, and I think what we will do going forward, uh, the, the most common reason for having to schedule a special meeting is if we get an on site uh, application for a public art of a kind of development. Um, we are anticipating at least one to be coming maybe in the first quarter, um, and so we'll plan accordingly. So if it happens to coincide with timing with a regular meeting, then that's ideal, but if not, then we, because we only have a certain amount of time from when the application is received to when we have to bring it before the commission. So if, mm -hmm. if, it, if it does require that we would have to make a special meeting, then uh, you know, it would likely be the, the months, right? It would be a March meeting or a May meeting, for instance. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I knew, I would just do a regular meeting because it's, yeah. it's easier in a, in a few different ways. Okay. Scheduling artists, however, is not something that's possible. <laughs> We're going to try. <laughs> good luck. Good luck. 
So, um, I, I don't, do we need to vote on our meeting schedule? You do. Okay, well then I first need, uh, I will bring forward uh, that uh, a resolution that we accept these, this meeting structure as proposed by staff. Do I have a second? I'll second. Thank you. All right. Uh, adopting the meeting calendar. That's how we did that. Okay. So all those in favor? Aye. And there are none opposed. Right. The motion passes five to zero. Thank you, Chair. Uh, if a vote is taken, oh, excuse me, that is I just, I'm happy to turn Either way, though. <laughs> Uh, for the record, any action of the Public Art Commission may be appealed to the City Council by filing the appropriate form with the Community Development Note or with the Base Reuse and Economic Development Department within 10 calendar days of today's action. Uh, yes. okay. All right, uh, that brings us to our second agenda item, uh, which is a recommendation to review and provide feedback on staff proposal to develop and issue a request for proposal. Uh, for cultural arts and arts programming in early 2024. I also have a fancy presentation for this. Let's pull up. So, uh, so firstly, as a, a quick reminder, uh, the public art ordinance states that a maximum of 25% of the public art fund revenues uh, can be dedicated, a maximum 25% can be dedicated to cultural arts. Um, although in 2022 and 2023, the public art fund received two large in-room payments totaling over $800,000 bringing the balance to approximately $1 million as of June 23rd, 2023. Uh, and so based on some various calculations, we can talk about how that came to be. It's in the, included in the staff report in more detail, but approximately $225,000 remains available right now for cultural arts grants. Okay. Uh, some other context about the, from the public art master plan. Um, so in December of 2020, the Public Art Commission identified the creation of the Public Art Master Plan to guide the implementation of the Public Art Program in alignment with the vision and goals of the Council and the Alameda community. Uh, at its October 17th, 2023 meeting, uh, this commission voted to recommend the City Council adopt the plan. And City Council will be considering the item at tomorrow's City Council meeting uh, on the 19th of December. Um, uh, lastly, one, uh, year one of the five-year action plan, which is included in the plan, outlines actionable tasks associated with the, the seven key recommendations we take over the next five years of the action plan. Uh, and in year one, it identifies the quote, release of a grant application for cultural arts and arts programming. So, all right. Uh, okay. um, so rather than the draft plan, this is where I think we get into some of the feedback that uh, I'm looking for, some of the conversation that we hope to have, but um, also kind of providing some rationale for the changes that are being proposed. Uh, but throughout the development of the draft plan, staff received feedback from 
this commission, arts organization, artists, members of the community, uh, other public boards um, regarding the timing, scale, and regularity of cultural arts and arts program grants, as well as recommendations for improving the processes and policies affecting issuance of public art grants. So this feedback predominantly um, expressed a desire for consistent, either annual or biennial, uh, grant calls uh, that equitably offer funding opportunities to a diversity of applicants, and we can talk a bit more about how best uh, to, to tackle that, both of those things. Uh, this feedback is reflected in the draft plan and recommendations that include, um, this is the public art master plan again, uh, but are not limited to ensuring cultural arts and arts programming awards are equitably dispersed across public spaces in Alameda, including Bay Farm, East and West Alameda, uh, ensuring that awarded public art addresses cultural equity, diversity, and inclusion, and results in broad community benefits by enhancing the image and sense of place, contributing to economic vitality, and improving the community's exposure to art. And releasing a grant application for cultural arts and arts program in year one of the plan's five-year action plan. So these are the, the timing and some of the ways in which we are presenting the, the grant call um, and weighing the selections and evaluations and so on and so forth. So uh, regarding the scope and scale of the proposed RFP, staff is proposing $60,000 be distributed for cultural arts and arts programming through a single RFP process, much like we did in 2022, uh, in the first quarter of 2024, so next year. And the grant sizes uh, will be consistent in 2022, there'll be four $10,000 awards and four $5,000 awards. Uh, and staff recommends modifying the criteria and weights established in the 2022 Cultural Arts RFP to better reflect the plan recommendations and goals. And we'll get into how exactly that looks. But uh, kind of specifically to the greater efforts to encourage geographic and cultural equity. Uh, all right. Uh, so here are, so let me move this so you all can see that. Okay, uh, so I want to point out a couple key changes from the 2022 RFP. Uh, the top line reduced the weighting for the proposed event or program from 50%, 50% in the 2022 to 35%, and that's to allow for increased weighting in some other categories, um, but, but also in an effort to uh, give more flexibility to people's qualifications or other things that were you know, very strong in, in business applications. Um, added capacity in the second criteria, so this was just focused on experience in the 2022, and so we wanted to broaden the language a bit to, uh, you know, it's really about demonstrating that you can do this, that you can pull off this <coughs> event or project, and not necessarily that you've done it a dozen times before. Uh, Thirdly, to increase the weighting for the budget. Uh, this is in response to some of the budgets that were received in 2022 being <laughs> difficult to understand or maybe a bit hastily prepared, and it was only, you know, it was a small percentage of, of the overall weighting. And so the, the thought is that if you give more weighting to it, that people would take it a bit more seriously. That allows, you know, allows a different kind of assessment and evaluation. Uh, the increased weighting for scheduling as well as similar to budget. You know, some some of the proposals were really strong in their schedule. Um, some of the 
uh, events themselves occurred exactly on the schedule that they proposed to do, and some did not. And and there, you know, I think that that can be fine in certain instances, but the thought was if we are attempting to do this on an annual basis, uh, having a better understanding of when these events are going to occur and uh, how they're going to roll out would help us uh, on the staff level, but also the commission to you know, track these and uh, make assessments about you know, if there's more preference given to some that are going to happen at certain times of year or um, so on and so forth. So uh, just a bit more weight on that. Uh, we removed the criterion for communication. This was sort of a carryover from how the, uh, it was previously assessed that there was an opinion and and, the, and that there was an opportunity for the artists and the proposals to actually present their proposal. And so that's how they did so, how they communicated their proposal was assessed to a greater extent. And we, uh, we could, but we did not do this in 2022. Uh, there was, so it was a bit ambiguous about what uh, the commission was being asked to evaluate uh, in terms of that criterion. And uh, last, uh, lastly, we added a uh, criterion for equity and accessibility. And this is the second to the bottom there. Um, and, and this was in an effort to provide something tangible, quantifiable, uh, related to equity and accessibility uh, to act similarly to the kind of local preference. So uh, those are those are the, the notes. Those are the changes. Um, I'm happy to talk more about those uh, in detail. And we can I can show you the, the the RFP from 2022, we'll look at them back and forth. But, uh, okay. Could I make a comment? I'm, I'm, uh, like three more slides and then... Slides, right. I'll come back. Okay. Uh, all right, so consistent with the 2022 Cultural Arts RFP, staff recommends that applications uh, received in response to the RFP be presented by staff and evaluated by the Public Art Commission during a Public Art Commission meeting. This is what we did in 2022. Uh, ask the following RFP application deadline. The PAC would have the opportunity to ask you know, staff their questions before scoring about each application and then selecting which proposals should receive the grant awards. The feedback we received from the public and from arts organizations was that they very much appreciated and uh, enjoyed and thought it was valuable to hear the commission's deliberations uh, in kind of real time. So that was the uh, the intent to maintain that effort, but again, open to feedback if, if we can improve that process. Uh, this slide also presents the proposed RFP timeline. Based on the proposed timeline, the public art commission would use its regular meeting in April 2024. Um, I think that we could potentially shorten this application window, but I, I'm interested in getting uh, feedback from the commission and the public on whether that is indeed uh, a, good, a good idea. But as it's currently laid out, I think that that would line us up well to not be too slammed from the staff side at preparing and, and having everything ready to be posted um, for April 15 days. So that's, that was the rationale. And let's see. Uh, next steps. So based on input from Public Art Commission at this evening's meeting, as well as from the community, uh, staff will then finalize and issue an RFP. Uh, like I said, we hope to you know, issue something in, in January of next year. Um, in terms of feedback, I'm particularly interested in, in receiving feedback on the grant amounts, the number of grants, obviously, but uh, the evaluation criteria. I think um, that's 
that's a, that's a difficult, you know, kind of subjective way of doing it. So I'd be really interested in your, in your feedback about that the selection process. If, if you would like to uh, attempt a, a different process or whether we felt comfortable with the 2022 model and doing that again, the timeline like I just brought up, and then of course any other elements of the proposed RFP that, that you're interested in. And that's, uh, that's it. And I'm happy to pull up you know, slides as we're chatting about it. So let's start with, are there any clarifying questions from commissioners? Um, do you have a question or comment? No, a question. Um, can you go back to your slide as far as the amount, or as the percentages for the criteria? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's good. Correct me if I'm wrong. And I believe that adds up to 105 percent. It does. Okay. All right. It does. You're right. That's uh, very embarrassing. I apologize. We need to decide as a group. We could have well, it at 105. We could have it at 105. I have no problem with that. You know, I just want to make sure that we're not out. No, you were, you were on it. Okay. I'm just trying to show you. No, no. I I tell you. I tell you how far I went. We had previously decided on the numbers. I think it was because of adding in the five percent for the. Uh, I think it was a lot of things were moving, and this is not made in Math is hard, and I <laughs> not paying enough attention. That's completely my mistake. But uh, open to adjusting that five percent, however you see fit, or keeping it at one hundred and five because you know. Oh, <laughs> I think we confuse enough people. Yeah, right? yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Maybe the round number would be better. But uh, we can get to that, I guess, further on as we discuss. Do we have any other clarifying questions? Yes, good mm -hmm. I have a question. Uh, the earth and or the earth's position had to be in the state of Alameda. Is something on five? No, that's, that's the preference. Yeah. The preference, if you get five points, if you are in Alameda. But um, I don't, you heard about when we did physical art and we had people applying from all over the world. We actually approved somebody who's from St. Petersburg, Russia. Never that, I understand that, but does it? You don't have to be from Alameda, but you have to. You still have to perform for them. Yeah, correct. Yes, it has correct. to take place here, but the organization does not need to be oh. an Alameda organization. I'll give you an example. of Something where that's kind of happening right now is uh, the ballet school has nowhere to perform, so they perform. Yeah. <laughs> so I asked. Yeah. So yeah. So the inverse is true. I'm no longer on board with yeah. ballet, but um. They no longer have a place to perform it, although everybody that is in the ballet is from Alameda, but then they can't apply for any grant that is part of the ballet because they're performing outside of Alameda. Correct. Mm -hmm. Unless they come up with a location. Unless they come up with a location. Well, yes, there are none. <laughs> well, not this year, but in about five years or so, there'll be a bunch more choices. Okay. Um, okay. Um, before we uh, close clarifying questions, I just want to know, like, will significant changes to this plan significantly impact your schedule? How much wiggle room do you have? I, I doubt it, but it depends, I guess it depends on the significant change. I mean, in, in terms of the waiting and uh, I, I would say if there is a different evaluation process that is being proposed that would require an interim step between the closing of the application and, and a final approval, then it would push. That, that would be the biggest, you know, most significant shift, I would say, with time. So if you did like 12 and a half, 12.5 and 12.5 for the 15%, 
that would work. that require a vote and a change in somewhere other than the Yes, no. Okay. Uh, that's Chair Rush. I want to clarify um, the process after they are received on the 15th. I read this and it didn't pop out to me. I mean, does it then go to you? You guys vet it and then it comes to it up to the next meeting? Yes. Yeah, so the, the way okay. that we did it in 2022 was, was kind of, it's like an eligibility check right. that, that staff did. So it was, you know, ensuring that it was a complete application and ensuring that, you know, the contact information was all okay. Uh, ensuring that they are having performances in Alameda as opposed to Fremont or some other place because yeah. people think that art piece from Alameda are from the county sometimes. Well, right. So, so then, actually, the, the actual awards of the grants would be in June. Uh, at our next, at our next meeting after that. No, the, the eligibility check. So, and the way we did it last time was that there was a kind of that due diligence and eligibility check happened before we presented it. And so, there, I actually don't recall. I'll look back. There may have been one application that didn't make it to, it didn't want to complete, right? Or didn't get it It's kind of that type of initial straightforward vetting. So staff would present all of the eligible uh, proposals that have passed the due diligence at that meeting. That's what that's what came to Usually so, we call it minimum qualifications. People or groups that um, meet the minimum qualifications get moved on. I guess what I'm trying to get at is what, yeah, what, what is the date that the money would be dispersed to artists if they were selected? So the, the way that the, the agreement is structured was that um, we're not proposing to, to change at this time. There, there has been some discussion with the attorney's office, but the way that it was uh, that we developed it last time, um, which works okay in some ways, in some ways it's challenging, but that there's uh, once you enter into an agreement, so that requires, you know, coming up with the, the insurance required to uh, enter in the agreement. But once the agreement is executed, half of the grant money is, is provided, and then you get the other half once the event or series has been completed. So once the performance has been completed, and you can show that it did. So that, that's still consistent. Um, how we're doing. I just want to know how, how we were going to mess with that. Well, essentially, everyone's all ready to go. It could be the next day. Okay. Okay. Not going to be the case. Of course not. So that's good enough. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Chris, you saw April 15th. What is that going to be happening on April 15th? So, April 15th would be ostensibly the Public Art Commission meeting where staff would present all of the uh, proposals that kind of meet this initial check, this eligibility check, uh, and the Commission would deliberate and score and say, okay, these are our eight award winners. And, and then we would have a press release that said these, these eight award winners uh, got public art grants. So we know who it is in April. Yes, yes. And so ostensibly April 16th, I could enter into a contract, the city could enter into a contract with that artist and they could get half of their grant payments on that day. And so you were vetting for eligibility between March 15th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, clarification. They wouldn't get half on that day, but they would get half. <coughs> <coughs> Once, yes, yes. If we get it, it will get a notification email, and, and then it's <laughs> <laughs> I think this is like a month. 
Um, do we have other clarifying questions? Then uh, we move on to the public comment section. Do we have any virtual comments first before we get to our in-person comments? Excellent. Okay. Hi, can you guys hear me? Go ahead, we can hear you. Um, thank you, Rachel Campos de Ivanov, and I, I just wanted to extend my heartfelt appreciation to city staff for trying to push this item forward and keep the momentum going. Um, events and cultural programs are a really important economic tool for the city. They are an important tool for fostering a sense of belonging. And we've certainly seen a lot of very exciting new programs come to light this past year. And these programs are really expensive and difficult to produce. And even ones that look like resounding successes aren't always financial successes. And so having some underwriting grants are really, really important to helping to keep more of this programming happening. Um, the one comment that I have is as much as I'm excited and I appreciate that um, you know, staff and, and the, the Arts Commission are pushing to get these funds out into the wild as quickly as possible, um, the timeline for events and the, the new special event permit process very likely means that we might not actually see the fruits of your labor this year until the beginning of next year, um, unless these are events and programs that can happen uh, during our rainy season, because that four to six month lead time is kind of hefty. Um, but overall, I think that the general strategy, the amounts and the, you know, trying to create a regular beat of funding would be enormously helpful. So thank you. Thank you, Rachel. I appreciate your comment and for being a part of the meeting today. Thank you so much. Uh, now, uh, Tara Silbrow. Oh, Ms. Silbrow. Hello. Hi, Tara. Can you hear us? Hi. Yes, we can. I have to say, only just. It involves like hanging over the earphone to hear you guys, but I'm on it. Um, uh, I just wanted to say that potentially in your uh, calendar layout of dates, uh, Walker and everybody else, if you're worried about, the, you know, when could, because sometimes many grants include a date, which is grant activity period, as in, you know, you can't start before this date, because realistically, we're not going to get you the grant application for this date, and that might be a useful one to add. Or, or just rename that last date that says grant activity date. But it's useful sometimes for the people that are applying to know that, you know, if you're planning this thing before the 10th of April, we're not going to fund it. You know I mean, like it's, that, it's kind of a useful date to, to include in your list of dates so that that's clear for people applying. Thank you. Thank that's you, Sarah. That's very helpful. Do we have any other virtual? Uh, speakers. Then uh, we do have one in-present speaker, uh, Gabriel Duncan. Hey, if you'd like to come back up to the front and address the class. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, Gabriel Duncan, Alameda Native History Project. Um, 
I just wanted to say this is awesome. Having the city, you know, have actual grants to give to artists is always like really cool. Um, but one of the things that you might want to consider is putting a little bit more weight into the DEI and embedding the DEI a little bit um, to make sure that we're getting authentic cultural um, arts and programming uh, rather than things which are presented in a traditional way by people who may not traditionally come from that way. Um, so. Thank you, Eva. Appreciate it. So now this brings up discussion. And I'd like to start the discussion with uh, pointing out a couple of things that I think are awesome, uh, which is I, I love seeing the capacity change in there. That's such a huge thing because as a city providing arts funds, there's a lot of organizations that are young and don't have experience and don't have the track record to show off. And to be able to include capability and projected capability as opposed to a laundry list of all the events you've held, I think it's going to be a great opportunity for some newer organizations to get a foot in the door and, and finally have a chance to, to earn some of these funds. Uh, it's really hard as a young and smaller nonprofit to get the attention of, of fund givers. So I'm glad that's a part of that. Um, I think it's also great to really uh, make people stick to their budget and schedule, and I think that takes care of almost all of the communication issues that you're no longer part of. It. But there is still also what happens, uh, you know, what, what would we do if there was someone who stopped communicating or communicated partway through or took some of the money and then didn't follow through? And I'm wondering what mechanisms we're going to have in place to deal with that. Yeah, so we, we had a grant from 2022 that um, basically just didn't, didn't respond to you know, emails or calls for, for a long time and ended up um, just canceling that grant. Uh, in terms of baking that into the, the criteria, the evaluation criteria, I think that's a bit trickier. I mean, the, I think that there's the, the communication criteria that was included previously was was focused on kind of how are you articulating your proposal. Um, I think if we are trying to better safeguard uh, you know, people's commitments or that people are going to follow through with that, that, that might be a different conversation. But I, I yeah. And so clarify, I wasn't suggesting that, that we bring uh, communication back in as one of the, the okay. uh, uh, requirements, but more how are you going to manage, like is there going to be like, a, okay, we've tried to reach them five times over three months, we haven't responded, now we move on. That's, that's sort of what I'm wondering. If there's going to be something like that, it's going to be articulated. As a, we're going to try this yeah. many times, and then we're going to assume that you're no longer interested. That sounds great. I would love to. I will, I will work on that. I will write something. Mm -hmm. Do you have any suggestions about how many you know, times to call or follow up or for, you know, how long? Mm -hmm. um, I think that it's especially a good idea to have, have limitations on this if we are trying to issue grants on a regular basis because mm -hmm. those monies go back into the fund and could be you know, um, reissued to pay mm -hmm. someone else. Uh, so there's more of a there's, there's better rationale and a justification for you know having a, an end date. So that, those are great points. I will think that's more of a you know internal staff administration of the mm -hmm. program effort, but we will set some ground rules. And one other overall point. 
towards DEI, something I, I discussed with you previously that I'd like to bring up here at the meeting, which is, uh, is it going to be possible to have the RFP translated in all seven languages that the city translates documents into so that we can reach out to communities within Alameda that don't normally get these notices because they're not translated into a language they can understand? And maybe that will help us by to be more inclusive by reaching out to communities that never had the chance or knew there was a chance for them to participate. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. We brought this up, and I agree. I included some language in the RFP, draft RFP itself. I think that we we would like to do the translation. Um, and in addition, something that uh, learned in a different project and our guaranteed income pilot program was how to disseminate information in different languages and you know leverage community organizations that might have a different clientele than. You know, arts organizations in general uh, to try to reach a wider audience. I mean, it's, at the end of the day, we have limited capacity and we have to take that into account, but I think that those efforts are important. And so. I don't know that we were planning, uh, to be honest, to translate this. Um, our website does have translation tools on it. Um, perhaps we can consider um, claiming people through a translation document to our website to review the RFP. Whatever it would take just to get that information to people who would otherwise have no idea it was there. didn't want to misrepresent. Oh. I, I just think it would be great to, you know, I would love to see somebody submit something who's never submitted before, is in, you know, on Bayfama and has no idea. I just, I, I, I like the idea of that. But um, do other people have discussions or points about this you'd like to discuss? Well, having signed more than a few of these art <coughs> contracts um, in the last 10 years, um, most of the time, here, any uh, financial part always spelled out very clearly as far as your obligation to follow through with your with your project. Otherwise, you forfeit you your funds immediately, and you have to pay them back even if you've taken them. And there's legal action that will be spelled out very clearly. Uh, secondly, uh, again, when I signed these, many times I've been assigned a liaison between say, the city and the artist, someone in the middle who checks up on you, make sure you're moving forward, even asks for monthly reports on your progress. So there is a couple of things. I don't know if we need to get to the level of that in a, in a cultural sense with some of these programs, but it is, it, it, you know, there's, there's certainly a way to kind of check and look over the shoulder of these folks as they're moving through, especially the ones that maybe don't have as much experience. As you say, you're trying to get more people, newer people involved. Well, maybe they need a little help. And that's where we might be able to come in by well, even mentoring a bit. I mean, like I said, I've done enough of them. I'd be happy to help anybody that's trying to get started. That's great. Thank you. Something that Todd said, so once the grant's awarded, basically half the year is gone. So is it from the day the grants are awarded to a year from then? So that if somebody wants to form something in March, as it's currently written, it's not, there isn't actually a, a limit. We can we can impose a limit. Um, well, there's like it says it's just one limit. year of grants awarded. So it would be so it would be April because that also brings up uh, to what Rachel was saying, which I think is also important, is the timing of permits. If you know we we can't 
We wouldn't yet, though, because I know the, the whole permanent scheduling thing within the city is under change right now. I'm figuring out how to make it work properly and how to make it less work for applicants. But the timing is is crucial because, yeah, again, if we if we approve something that's good from April to April and it takes from June to December to get the permit, then that's, that's going to make things very difficult. So, um, I don't think we need to change the timing, but I think we might want to include language say we will allow extra time for permitting as needed, if you know, so that people who are applying for this round, even if though you know if it's applied, if it's granted in April, maybe they're working on something for May of 2025, but it would still be applicable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I agree. Uh, I think that there's you know, a lot of how it's structured now, and all the grants are very case by case basis. In terms of the insurance requirements, and that flexibility was built in to, to try to allow for you know, low barriers for small organizations, for instance. Um, and so I, I'd be open to doing that, but I also would be open if you think that there is value in, in setting a, a kind of firmer timeline. It might be longer, I mean, we could set, you know, not a year from approval, but um, as opposed to having it be all case by case. And, I think the software approach is, as you're describing, as Commissioner Ferguson described, I think that's probably a better way to go, is to, to give people a chance to express themselves the way they need for their project. Okay. And then, I mean, because we are a small enough organization, it's not like we're going to be giving out 2,000 grants, not to have you know, eight, eight grants is, is a manageable group of people. Right. With. Um, I think a year from the time the agreement is executed would be fine, but to continue it on, um, we have had some issues in the past sure. with the, the grants going on and on for years and years, and um, we have been negotiating with our finance department on, on making sure that the grants are um, used in a more expeditious fashion, and so I think we should be uh, really specific on the timing of of the brand, but I think um, I think for cultural, um, we you should be able to get uh, a permit within a certain amount of time with the new um, with the new special events process. I hope so. Yeah. you have been strangely silent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no worries. I wrote a whole list. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just commenting to the special events permit timeline. Um, we're exclusively talking about monetary grants. I wonder if there will be a chance to add a non-monetary factor, like getting prioritized for special events stuff in the city. Then a grant is already approved from uh, from the city. I'm just saying, in the room, if there's a way of discussing this. Um, that sounds awesome. <laughs> possible, I'm not so sure, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you with not so sure, but I think it's something that could be discussed. Like if the, so if the, the is doing special grants uh -huh. as well, and um, right now the language does not uh, have any priority for uh, folks, but um, Nonprofits within the city are going to be notified that uh, they can apply for a permit, and if they apply for a permit, then they should be considered, and they could say that that they've also applied for um, 
for this grant and would like it in connection with it. There's enough room in the application for them to, to let the um, evaluators know um, that they have applied for a grant and they would like a, another grant for the special events process. Um, now with that, and that brings me to the second question, uh, nonprofit, uh, are we allowing you to do sponsorship or not? I can't remember if you did that or not. We did that last time, yeah. Okay. Two, two of the eight grants had a physical sponsor. Awesome. Then, um, the, a comment about the communication. I understand that we, that we don't necessarily want to use communication as a criteria when it comes to specifically staff communication. However, I would appreciate thinking about marketing as a criteria because we want the information about these events that are sponsored by us spread as far as possible. And it would be interesting to see at least efforts into marketing plan on how people want to share information with the city as far as possible. And in the way that goes into DEI or in your discussion about languages, um, it would be up to me, I would evaluate for that. Um, I would appreciate if you could add a little bit more or a few more dates in the RFP on, on how things, like at least what an average expected timeline would look like for a project, maybe just really saying it that way, an average, like on average this is how it could look like. Um, I was wondering if there's going to be a discussion at some point about, uh, and I would expect repeated applications from some organizations. I wonder if you want to have a limit after a few years, uh, or if we're okay if it's always the same applicants that are coming in. And then my last thing and biggest thing, we're planning to spend $60,000 a year uh, with the current funds that would allow us roughly three and a half years, a little bit more than three and a half years. To really, really want to spend sixty thousand dollars a year, like is this sustainable for us? Um, right now, we're offering eight grants. We had nine applicants last year. Uh, if it would be up to me, as much as I want to support all the organizations, to want to support them more sustainably, I would cut down to six or to to a slightly smaller number in order to be more sustainable there. And that is it. Not one square word. <laughs> it's a Christmas meal. Yeah, we'll let you respond to any and all. Yeah, I think that the you know the looking through, I think of you know adding some more examples or dates in the RP. I think that makes a lot of sense. That would be that would be great. Certainly do that. Um, the limits on organizations. I I think that there's. I, I could see the rationale behind doing something like that. I also understand, you know, it's not a big city, and there's not that many uh, local organizations that are that are operating. So I think it would change the dynamic of the grant process over a number of years um, if you were to do that, which might be the intent. Um, and, and with regard to that, um, I feel like you're limiting the existing organizations who work really hard on um, trying to secure funding from other places if you limit how many grants they can get. I, I, I think it would really severely impact them. So. I, I, I agree. And frankly, the whole point of the selection process is, I mean, anybody can apply, but, you know, it may be that one of our local organizations, you know, business forbid, 
submit to that application and they don't get chosen, but that shouldn't avoid you know, preclude them from applying again. I think the reason that our, we've seen a lot of the regular, same regulars being awarded every year is because they come with solid plans and, and they understand how to apply for this. Right. So I, I think it, it, it as, as nice as it would be, I think we have room in what we're creating, especially by changing the capacity uh, requirement, that it will make room for new organizations to participate and to become incorporated without squeezing out uh, some of our traditional ongoing groups. Mm -hmm. Mr. President? Well, I also don't, you know, your, your premise is, not premise, I'm sorry, but your, well, your kind of standing is, well, in five years we thought we could be run out of, can start running out of money. And I don't know necessarily we're all done, and this is just a finite amount of money in the kitty right now. I'm sure there's more projects coming online from what I can see and what I participate in as, as a construction person. There's a lot going on out here. And more and more people are going to have to pony up some money to the Public Arts Commission to uh, be able to get the project done. So I don't necessarily know the revenue stream as such is done just yet. Maybe in 10 years? Yeah, I don't years think we're set in stone on any of this. And every year is going to bring us different money. So if we need to adjust that as time goes yeah, on. Yeah, sure, we could, you could always back off. Budget. Yeah. I, I think what's hugely important is establishing something regular, though, and being able to do that. And right now, we do have a flexibility in the budget that we can plan out three years, which is something we've never done before. So, I mean, even three years is a huge deal. And who knows, after three years, you all, because I won't be here, may find that that is more than you can afford, and that's more than you know, more than you'll be able to do. But, uh, but as Commissioner Ferguson said, there are new projects coming online all the time. Oh, yeah. There's going to be more money coming into the fund, and there will always be 25% of the fund allocated to cultural art. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I personally, after looking at the numbers, what we have in the bank right now, I don't think it's an unreasonable uh, plan, and I think, frankly. Uh, we would be able to keep to that for, for many years to come down just the next three. Well, you get at least four. You know, that's not the, again, I think so. Yeah. But yeah, you can revisit all the time if all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's just pulling down, then you start saying, okay, maybe we've got to back up. As someone who's recently learned about planning for nonprofit fundraising, um, it's great to have some kind of schedule you can depend on. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Knowing when money's coming in makes planning so much less stressful. So uh, that is a huge benefit that we can provide to our arts community by, by being consistent. I think one that the aspect of your proposal that I'm actually more receptive to is the competitiveness of the grant that we you know that we have nine applications or nine proposals for eight grants mm -hmm. from the existing twenty twenty two. And I would like to believe that a more robust outreach effort and you know having it be more regular would garner more applications, more proposals every year, but I, I can't, I don't know that. And so I think there is a legitimate concern of if we do want it to be more competitive, that having you know, fewer grants would be a way to achieve that. So I, I am receptive to that element of the argument with it. Although my hope is that better communication, increased communication to the other communities that haven't been, so we'll, we'll bring you know, the people we haven't seen, and then, you know, again, you all can evaluate next year. Also, um, you guys operate as uh, the reviewers, and if you don't think there's sufficient um, competitiveness in the proposals, you don't have to award every slot. And you, you have done that in the past. But also, you know, I think consideration 
should be given to the number of proposals that we are suggesting and, you know, whether it's like Commissioner uh, Fox. <laughs> So much. I know. 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 I uh, $60,000 a year means we need to have at least $340,000 uh, coming in. And in order to make that happen, that feels like a lot. Having less than eight grants doesn't necessarily mean that we need to spend less money. Uh, one thing that we haven't looked at is, is the applications for the $10,000 category last year had, had a wide variety of budgets. And like it's a very big difference if you have a twenty thousand dollar budget and you get a ten thousand dollar grant, or if you have a fifty thousand dollar budget and you get a ten thousand dollar grant. Um, I would appreciate looking at numbers. Like we're we're having, we tried this out last year. I think it worked relatively well. We didn't really get feedback from from the event that actually happened and how this works. Um, I feel like this is an information that should go into this, where we, where we look at it and say this makes sense, or you might need one grant that is specifically higher in order to support something something bigger, better. What's that? Do, do you know if that's addressed with the uh, leveraging other funds? Because I mean, that is one of the qualifications. Is one of the funding you have towards supporting your budget. But this just means that someone who has, who has, bigger, who has a bigger event needs to find more others. I mean, that's all. Uh, I think remember the last time that there were some smaller grants, right? They started out 2500 and then we were asked to have a bigger grant. So, I mean, a smaller organization could start out with a smaller grant if they're unproven or something like that. Or then you start getting the administration of more grants, which is more time for staff, and yeah. that's, that's the problem. But keeping it at like the eight grants or fewer is probably the best choice, but uh, I, I mean, there are arguments on either side for changing the amounts. I think for, well, we're sort of, this is sort of, the, this is now the second time we've done this. The first time we learned a bunch of things and we're gonna take that into this as well, but I don't know, we don't have enough data as to what amounts would be best received by the community, and we sort of got to this uh, five and ten after what we proposed before. People said, "Well, actually, no, this would be more helpful for us." So that might be something to, to take under advisement for the next round because we we're, that's going to require some research and see if you know if community organizations are all like, "Yes, five thousand or ten thousand is exactly what I need." If someone's like, "Oh, I need twenty five hundred, somebody thinks I need twenty thousand." Well, on the end of this is one hundred percent funding. I mean, this is just many times. This is just to give somebody a real jump on their fundraising. You know, 
And, and yeah, again, my own experience is many times when I get a grant, it's only for part of it. Mm -hmm. And the rest of it, they'll, they'll look at you and say, well, you're on your own for the rest. If you need 50 and we're giving you 20, we're not going to bump it to 50. We're just going to give you 20 and that's what you get. And then you're on your own for the rest. Yeah. So That is the reality of fundraising. Yeah, of course. So I think any amount is a good amount. You know, I mean, and did we used to have like a small art grant or something that was a separate micro grants? Yeah, we yeah. had some micro grants. We still yeah. have those? We haven't done that lately. We haven't done that lately. And frankly, they were a lot of work and a lot of people were unresponsive. Yeah. And to this day, some folks never claim their grants. Yeah. Uh, so, my recollection, just to, to clarify, the when I think the initial proposal that staff brought in 2022 for the grant amounts was fewer, larger grants, and that was probably more staff selfishly to try, you know, because it was an administrative, uh, you know, amount of time. There, the there was a lot of um, yeah, so feedback, pushback, both and it was because we hadn't had a cultural grant in so long that people were like, please give us some money and give us some significant money versus what had been what had been happening previously. The, the feedback that we received both from this commission and from the public was that the larger grants were not as desired as more medium sized grants. I think so it was the five and ten thousand dollar ones were sort of a compromise between we don't want to have twenty Small, small grants, mm -hmm. um, and and the the really you know twenty five there was like a twenty five and a thirty five thousand dollar proposal, uh, and those were not as desired because you know we wanted to spread it out yeah. more to more organizations. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't quite remember the numbers if there were bigger ones or smaller ones. Yeah. Okay. Um, do we have more discussion or the the other point that. Uh, Commissioner Plotsman brought up about the marketing and incorporating marketing in, in some capacity in those criteria. I, I did like that. Um, and I'd be interested in, I mean, I can, I can go back and, and think about it and, you know. I know a lot of grants that I've been part of applying for, you have to, it's stated like you have to have this many instances or views or looks or you know, logos or whatever have to be in these places and that. And then you have to provide examples of it. I think any assistance we can provide Sarah in promoting any of this stuff would be great. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and that, I mean, I don't know how much of it you caught by end, but I think, it, I think that would be great. So, like, if you win this award, you're going to let everybody know, you're going to keep people up to date on what you're doing with the grant, and you're going to promote the, you know, the event when it happens and mention where the funding came from. Yep. Uh, we just received a grant from the Rotary. And one of the things we had to explain was what we're going to do with it, and and announce publicly like how we're going to use the money, and and state that. So I I think that might be one way to sort of to achieve that is at least through social media, have people post their Instagrams and their other accounts. I do have one more question. Uh, it's more procedural than anything else. Um, do we have an institutionalized feedback process for the grantees? But since since we're still in the in the testing phase on how we want to do our grant system, and we include that. That would be a follow up for this is is yeah. once this is this process is done, then we could do that. That would be fantastic. Right? Well, would that be a standard form or in our 
involvement in handling this because this again is a lot of work mm -hmm. getting that feedback. We want it, but is that a, you know, just a standard form that they fill out and submit after their event back to us? We all get to look at it and go, yeah, okay, here's the feedback from those mm -hmm. grants. I, I think it would be fantastic and it does it aligns quite well with the I think it's in year two, it's either year one or year two of our five year action plan where mm -hmm. there is uh, of the proposed draft five year action plan in the public grant master plan uh, that would to develop resources or procedure documents to help and you know it's pretty open ended. It was it could have been for artists, it could have been for staff, or the commission itself. And so this would fall quite squarely to that. So I think it would be a great you know, over the next year or two, maybe it's uh, for the next social arts RFP that we have something set up. Okay. I think that's a great Anything we can learn to make this process better for everyone involved. Yeah. yeah. So if we are at the end of the discussion, although I don't want to cut anybody off, uh, then I need a proposal to, well, do we, again, this is, uh, there's a recommendation to review and provide feedback on staff proposals. So are we putting forth a proposal that you continue to develop and issue in this request or? Yeah, and I think that what you know, this, this feedback is great if there are, you know, if, if the commission agrees upon you know, uh, significant changes to what is being presented, whether a number of grants or a timeline. I mean, I, I've got a lot of notes of things that I would like to incorporate into mm -hmm. it, um, but if there are elements that you feel strongly should be incorporated into that RFP and RFP process um, or a timeline, anything like that, then, then I'm I think of the things that I mentioned, I, I'm very interested in the, the multiple languages and uh, um, really just emphasizing the fact that we're not just looking for people who've done this thousands of times before, but that we're open to people who are learning and have the capacity to do it and need a chance. How is this going to work? The RFP is supposed to go out on January 15th. So we, I, I don't understand the timeline right now. So we're having a bunch of feedback, including feedback from the public that uh, gets incorporated in some way, and then it goes out without us looking at it again. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Um, I have a question on the um, translations. Are you all okay with um, the translation being from our uh, site? And we send out something with a, a note uh, that just says we have we have a yes yeah. we have an RFP yeah. on the site and 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 people can read it but they would still have to give us feedback in 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 English because we're going to be working with folks and we need to be able to communicate. But they could read it in their language so that they understand better what we're asking. For. My problem with that is that Google Translate is ham-fisted, and it, it translates the words, not the concepts, a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And I know that sometimes when you see stuff that's in Google Translate and it's not the original language that it's written in, it can be off-putting because it's not clear and it's choppy and it's not well written. Um, I also think that it's also kind of a treating it in the second class and saying, hey, we're going to have this information, but we're not going to make it proper for you. We're just going to give you the closest approximation we can. Um, 
I understand okay, that. Okay, we can do that, but it'll come out of the public art budget. I, I think that's an appropriate use of the public art budget because, honestly, we're trying to be as accessible to as much of the public as we can and for people to get the accurate information in their language in a way they can apprehend. I do think, however, the onus is on us to communicate the original information in their language, but then to make it clear that we do not have the ability to communicate in these languages, and so please make your proposal in English, please find a translator or someone, a liaison who speaks English, who can, who can. We're talking 15 pages in seven languages, in, yeah, in, in, in a time frame of, of essentially two weeks, because other people need to look at this too, and it, there's no finish for I, I just I, don't I, see this happening. Well, I mean, it's, it's the RFP itself, and then it's also the, it would be the portal. Yeah. We used Submittable last time, which is nice. perfect, but it was, it was pretty straightforward. It was pretty easy for us to track things, so I'm proposing to use that same platform again. Mm -hmm. And we would need to, yeah, we would have to have the translated, you know, and then put into Submittable. Uh, I, I don't want to... Uh, I, I don't want to... I don't think we have to put it into the portal. We would just have to translate it, and then they would have to submit it. Yeah. So I, I would just like to have it as welcoming and as egalitarian from the opening as possible, as opposed to here it is in English and here it is in butchered whatever language. And, well, and butchered, that's, uh, a, that's the operating word there. Could well, be something where they're more offended than anything. It's not done right. Well, that's what he was saying. Um, he wants to translate it so it's not butchered. Um, so I, 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 understand it's a, I understand it's an intensive step, but it's just one of these things that, I mean, the city has this big... I think you guys get a vote on that I think, I think you're split. Yeah. So you, if you would... Sure. I think we need to use what's accessible to the city right now in, in terms of translation uh, with the understanding that, you know, we are English speaking and that it has to come back to us in English for us to understand. Yeah, because there's the rub. I mean, if somebody's going to submit in English, then there's going to be somebody there that can read it in English too, no matter what. Right. Well, or else they won't be able to submit. How about adding that to the text in the next thing? <laughs> But then we're not going to get the audience that Adam's after if we're asking English speakers. This is one grant, and we can, we're doing this over and over again, and we have the opportunity to make it better next time and get feedback from the participants. I want to be clear. We're not going to fix everything in the next two weeks. It's aspirational. I would like to see what we can do to get this out on time. I don't want to be a roadblock and say, oh, no, if we only have five of the seven languages, so we can't do it. Uh, but I, I do think that's an aspirational goal of ours, or should be, I, I, in my view anyway, that everything that we produce should be as accessible as possible to the general community so that we can get people who normally and otherwise wouldn't know about it and wouldn't participate to be a part of it. That, that's my goal, is just to make sure that everybody knows about it, everybody has an equal chance to participate. Uh, the middle ground could be to translate the, the press release, mm -hmm. uh, but not the Whole RFP. Oh, quicker turnaround. It would be much simpler. Later. I, I have no problem with that. I and think that, that would be fine. Yeah, that that could be something that is more doable in that time frame. I I think that would be great. Because at least that's extending it off of French. Mm -hmm. Okay. Everyone okay? Mm -hmm. Yes. Cool. I would like to go one step further. <laughs> I think what has 
Swiss German and German? Sorry. I'm actually I'm Alemannic, but not Swiss German. No, but since there were comments about about increasing DEI uh, percentage and others, I would like to make or at least discuss quickly where the, I, I would like to discuss in the comments in the commission where we feel like we could theoretically lower percentage points and where we could increase percentage points. Just that that staff have some suggestions to work with, and that we actually listen to people that were in the room. Uh, mm -hmm. um, my suggestion would be that budget and schedule would, uh, would be lowered to 10% um, and DEI increased to 10%. Uh, that is actually not a bad idea. The Commissioner had previously suggested that we just remove 2.5% each from budget and schedule. But uh, I do think as we are trying to expand our footprint and trying to encourage non-traditional uh, uh, and, and cultural arts that we haven't seen before from communities that aren't always recognized, that giving uh, a DEI uh, an extra five points is great. I mean, I think it, it would definitely get some new things in here that we haven't seen before. Does that make it 100%? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say we have been lucky that we've been getting a range of cultural arts that have not been particularly stereotypical or homogenous. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's always room for improvement and always room for more. So the proposal is to change, let's go over this again. So it, it would be budget and schedule would be reduced to 10% each, mm -hmm. and equity and accessibility would also be increased to 10%. And that would make a total of 100. Whereas for it, now it's 105. Which will make everybody's Which is great. Did you go up to 11 with anything? Can we make it really long? Yeah, yeah, no. no that's Come out. I think that's. Well, okay. So Walker has kind of a whole laundry list he's put together for himself, but we've discussed the major points. At this point, can we recommend and uh, that Walker proceed with these changes and that we release the RFP? Can I get a motion to accept that? Motion to go forward with the suggested feedback and release the RFP on January 15th. Uh, second. Uh, then uh, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. We have none opposed. The motion passes. Okay. Um, if, uh, oh, no, 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 no. I did it last time. You just got to have your screen time. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, any action of the Public Art Commission may be appealed to the City Council by filing the appropriate form of the State Police and Economic Development Department within 10 calendar days of today's action. Or whatever the department is called at that time. <laughs> Does staff have any other items to communicate to the commissioner? Uh, the only thing I wanted to remind everyone of is that we will be, uh, staff will be bringing the public art master plan to city council tomorrow, which is the 19th, December 19th. Mm -hmm. uh, we are on the regular agenda, it's the fourth item on the agenda, mm -hmm. uh, but I would encourage all of you here and all those listening and all those in the uh, uh, audience here to attend if you are interested in this item. Um, a lot of work, a lot of long time going into this, and uh, excited about that item. Vice Chair Rush and I will be there. However, I do want to qualify. Walker said we are the fourth item on the agenda. It's also the last item on the agenda. Oh. 
I just want to be real, really clear. That's what I want to say. Get long time. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute in, in, in oral communications, but uh, uh, yes, it's going to be, if it happens, it's going to be at the very end of the agenda, so uh, it could be a late night because city council is getting better, but is not still consistently getting through their entire agenda every day. You can bring the rest of the pizza if you want. And can participate by Zoom as well. Yes, yes. Uh, but you Absolutely. do need to register uh, and um, raise your hand on that mm -hmm. item if you ask it. And this is a member of the public, too. I mean, you can participate. So it's a member of the public. Right. Okay, don't worry about it. So you're allowed to comment even though you're on the commission? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to be there just for that reason. You can also say you're yeah. on the commission. Yeah. We can. Yeah. And, and then your 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 remarks carry just that much more weight. <laughs> 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 Do we have any written communications? Um, not getting anything mm -hmm. earlier, and I have not had anything since starting meeting. No. Okay. Commission communications non-agenda. I had a couple of things. First of all, I just wanted to recognize and celebrate Commissioner Hoffaker for having been a part of the DM Open, uh, the only one of us practicing artists who actually has some art on display at the DM. And uh, that's a huge accomplishment. Thousands and thousands of people applied, and, and only a few hundred were selected. Right. And as far as I know, only a couple of artists from Alameda were chosen. Yeah. And uh, I was really happy when one of my writers brought me a story. I was like, wait, I know her. <laughs> so uh, congratulations. Um, I also wanted to point out that uh, the second item on tomorrow night's agenda is for Radium, and that is this new proposed performing arts center that uh, they're uh, working really hard to construct out at Alameda Point next to Seaplane Lagoon, and uh, I hope you all will go there to hear that discussion and give your thoughts on uh, what you think of the project and uh, show your support or opposition as needed, but hopefully you uh, We'll be there already supporting the master art plan, so you can say your piece on Radium. Um, any other commissioners have anything they'd like to share? Oral yeah. communications? Then at 7.20 p.m., this meeting is now adjourned. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, right. Now, no more art talk. We can stop the recording. Yeah. Good night, everyone. Thank you. Thank you all for coming. Bye. See you next time.